One of the most interesting days of anyone's life definitely has to be the first day of high school. Interestingly enough, before this point, you're officially just a kid. But high school marks that special time when you're entering adulthood. You've watched all these movies, you've seen all of these things, and above all, the scariest moment and most anxiety-inducing moment has to be the thought of initiations. All those movies told you that on the first week, bullies would make you push nickels, push your face in toilets, and make you lick sidewalks and do wheelbarrow races. And now, it's going to happen to you. And all of those nights have led up to this first day of high school. I remember those first days. Um, that's essentially when Drake came out with his first real banger song that I've heard. Um, what was it? We stay fly and I fly high and nobody ever gonna chop my wings. I'm still doing my, doing my thing. Something like that. <laughs> Some song like that, right? That was around 10 years ago. And Drake, throughout that time, has cemented himself on top of the hip-hop game. So what I find so interesting with this is, with Drake's Scorpion album's dominance of the charts, why are we so afraid to give it the title of number one album? Hi, my name is Fatfly Stewie on Instagram and Twitter, and you are listening to the Uneducated Investor Podcast. Make sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes or whatever you're listening to this, because that, Flight Crew, is how we grow. Now, Drake's Scorpion record has been breaking all sorts of just ridiculous records. I'm talking about being streamed 10 million times per hour on Spotify. I'm talking about it having seven number ones on a the, uh, what was the Billboard top 100 list? And then in the top 10 had seven records. Like, it has just been absolutely ridiculous. And it's so funny when this album first came out, this double album, the reviews were definitely very mixed. Even myself listening to the album, it's like, mm, I don't know. It just seems like, it just seems like, all right. You know, it just seems like it's an okay album. But the interesting thing about this album is like, the more and more you listen to it, it really just sucks you in. And the more that I started thinking about it, I really think, I'm like, wow, this could be not only one of the, not only like Drake's best album ever, it could be his, one of his, uh, one of the greatest albums ever. And I just found it very interesting how the subjective music is, where it's like, when you think of what is the greatest album ever, you can't really think of an album to really call out to be that number one like there's no unanimously thought to be greatest album ever like some people will say michael jackson some people are going to say you too some people are going to say um nickelback <laughs> like there's really no um greatest album ever so one of the cool things i think is let's see is this drake's best album ever just off of that right for me definitely um i would say it's definitely in his top Four, for sure, a hundred percent. Right now, my number, I would say when it comes to Drake albums, I would put this one tied for number three. Actually, no, I'd put Take Care number four 
I know this is blasphemy. A lot of people like take care. I'd put Scorpion number three. I'd put, if you're reading this, is too late at number two. And I'd put at number one, definitely Scorpion. 100%. Scorpion has to be, I mean, sorry, sorry. Nothing was the same. What am I saying? <laughs> definitely number one, I would put nothing was the same. And the reason why I would say it's starting to just creep up on me is because of just Drake's ability to be so highly relatable. It's super scary. The crazy thing about Drake is when you listen to him, like you forget that this guy's a multi, multi-millionaire sometimes. You forget that he's a guy who's been across the world, has seen things that most of us will literally never see in our lives, but he just knows how to relate it to just um, just exactly what we're affected by. Like he keeps it so human. It's scary. Like, for example, a song like, a song like In My Feelings is a number one song. It's just him singing about, you know, just being in his feelings about girls in his past. Do you still think about me? Are you still writing for me? You know, are you someone who's still rooting for me? Are you someone still, who still has love for me? We all think about that stuff. You know, finesse is a bit different, but even a song that's like finesse, which is about, you know, forbidden love, about liking someone and not being able to necessarily show or parade them in public. Even that song is something that we somewhat can relate to. You know, a song like Jaded, right? Just another song, like when Drake talks about his love for females or just his relationship with females, it's just so relatable, you know? What I found cool about this track list, of course, 8 out of 10, Emotionless and Mob Ties, like songs of these songs that just talk about raw betrayal between people. Now, of course, it's come out that Drake's A-side of his album was very heavily uh, written about Kanye West and Kanye West because he felt betrayed by Kanye West because Kanye West let basically all details of Drake's personal life leak to Pusher T for Pusher T to make a diss song about it. Um, what's interesting about this is when you start listening to back to this album, there is such a deep layer to it. For instance, anytime Drake says the term good in the song, right? Like a song out of eight out of 10, where he says, I'll sit back as my role as a good guy. I guess luck is on your side. When he references good in that song, eight out of 10, He's referencing Kanye music, Kanye West's album, Good Music. So anytime he says good in the song, he's literally directly talking about Kanye, right? He said, I'm now the good guy. And he says, I'm luck is now on your side. Remember Drake's Drake's um OVO record is its mascot is basically an owl. An owl symbol is luck. So he's saying, I guess you're OVO now. I'm good music. Just a little play on words. Or uh, Emotionless, where he talks about good-hearted people are pushed into extremes. He's talking about, of course, the good music label. He's talking about how they pushed uh, someone like Pusher T to extremes. Get it? Pushed to extremes. <laughs> right? Where he's talking about Pusher T is not someone who normally goes so crazy on a diss track, but now he got backed into a corner because of this whole beef. And he had to release the most nastiest diss track of the whole year, right? Because he was pushed to extreme. So it's kind of cool. It's like almost like a soap opera, the way that this album just keeps like revealing itself and how each song keeps getting deeper and deeper 
And I think that's the thing that's going to play to just the longevity of it. It's just all these records are really good. Like I went back and we can count it out actually compared. So if you look at Scorpion, Scorpion has a bunch of hitters that I think. So we're going to count the hitters. We got Nonstop, Emotionless, God's Plan, I'm Upset, 8 out of 10, Mob Ties, um, Can't Take a Joke was on the top 10, Sanders Rose for me is dope, um, Jaded, Nice for What, Finesse, it's 11 so far, In My Feelings is 12, and of course March 14th is 13. So it has 13 songs that you could you could literally say are certified bangers on the Scorpion album. A lot of albums don't even have 13 songs in general. Definitely nothing same. Nothing was the same as around that much. Um, uh, Take Care, the album that people love, is around like a bit under that. Of course, if you're reading this too late, it's a bit under that. Like when you have 25 songs and you can produce 13 absolute bangers, like I think it's interesting. When do you guys think the Scorpion album is going to start getting in the talks of greatest album ever? Because for me, it comes off kind of crazy as an album that's passed a billion streams, broken every streaming record, is one of the most successful releases, dropping over 700,000 listens in the first week, statistically one of the most dominant albums of every time, but never even considered one of the greatest albums ever. When do you think is going that that talk is going to start? Because I think it should actually start starting, even though I don't think nothing was the same. And um, if you're reading this was too late, it's worse than this. I could easily see me persuaded to think differently, maybe like a couple months from now, as I keep listening to this album. Anyways, this has been your humble host at Fly Stew on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to say what's up, hello to me on Instagram and leave a five-star review, Flight Crew. And of course, Flight Crew, we have to take off the Uneducated Investor Podcast.